Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. I want us to read this together. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. Then one of the scribes asked him, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Lord, we open our hearts to you. And we know that this wasn't just for this man, but this was for us today. We pray that you'd open, your, open our hearts to, to catch this message today, catch the love of the Lord today, change us, revolutionize our lives, we pray. Holy Spirit, don't be limited to my words But I pray that you'd go far beyond my words and speak into every heart and custom tailor the word of God so that it applies to every life so that we can be more like Jesus, we pray. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Hey, the main point that I want to make this morning is this. It's love. And it's this, that people are more important than things. Amen. We can go home. I'm just kidding. That's the main point. It's love. It's that people are more important than things. And I think we say, well, I know that. Well, we know that, but do we know that? Do we know that? Life, our life is filled with so much information, information overload. We have so many things coming at us, and that information leads us toward trying to make decisions, setting goals, setting pursuits, setting things out, what we're going to do next in our lives, what our life is all about. Things like, you know, right when you get out of high school, you know, you feel like, oh, I just finished. And then what's the big question? Where are you going to go to school? What are you going to major in? What are you going to, you know, you just want to say, shut up. I don't know. (laughs) Do you remember that time in your life? I don't know. Are you going to do what your dad did? Are you going to do what your mom No, I don't know what I'm going to do. Just leave me alone for a little while. And, and if you don't have a pursuit or you don't have a dream or you don't have a focus, someone else will come up with one for you. You know what you ought to do, right? And you have all these things and it puts pressure on you. And you have all these things to, to, to focus on creating a goal for your life so that you have an aim, you have a target, you have somewhere to focus your life. There's a saying, and you've heard it, It says, keep the main thing the main thing. And Jesus considered the main thing people. Loving people. And you say, I thought it was love God. Well, God, the person of God. God is a person. God, God, love God first and foremost. But love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's the main commandment. It's the primary commandment. If there's one thing to focus on in life, if there's one thing to have a goal list, a goal on your goal list, it's people. According to Jesus, loving God and loving people is the main thing. Listen to this saying. This kept coming up in my 
thoughts this week as I was studying this. When goals become your focus, people become distractions. Let's look at it again. When goals become your focus, people become distractions. Look at the second part. But when loving people becomes your focus, your goals carry purpose. Just let, let that sit there for a minute. Think about this. Have you ever planned out your day? You know, I'm, I'm goal-oriented. I like, like, getting things done. I like mapping it out, breaking it down, setting my agenda for the day, and having way too many things to get done that I'm able to do. <laughs> you ever get to the end of your day and you're like, I got nothing done. I had a failed day. Why? Because this person called me. This person came into my office. This person did this. I sat and I liked this. See, I have a problem as a pastor. I like people. I like people. So I set half hour appointments and I can't do it. Because <laughs> I sit there and I go, how are you doing? What, what are we here to talk about? Oh, we're here to talk about this. But then I'm sitting there and I'm like, I love this person. And I said, I could talk to him all day. Not just because I don't have anything to do. I have all kinds of things to do. But I really do like people. I just naturally, love, God put it in my heart, I really do like people. But look at this again. When goals become your focus, people become distractions. If you are so set on your goals and your tasks and your agenda that day, and then someone comes up and you're like, oh, I know they're going to take a few minutes. Oh. And you plan your day so tight that you don't have time for people. Listen, what I'm not saying is that you don't need to have plans. You do need to have plans, but plan loose enough to care about people because people really do matter in our lives. When goals become our focus, people become distractions, but when loving people becomes your focus, now your goals carry purpose. Why? Because those goals are attached to people's lives. Love is, I want you to notice the first commandment, it's not the first suggestion. Jesus said, you shall love. You want to be my disciples? You shall love. I think if we just stop there and say, well, okay, what are you working on? People will say, what, what are you working on? And I say, I'm working on those three words because I'm not there yet. You shall love. Look at it. You shall love the Lord your God. The first commandment is this, love God. You can write that down if you're taking notes. Love God. The first commandment, you shall love the Lord. Read it with me one more time. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment, the primary commandment. I want you to notice that he said with all of your heart, soul, mind, strength. Heart is your cardia, the, the core of you, the inside of you. Today, we, would, you know, we may say it's our spirit. It's the part of us that's been born again. It's from the deepest part of our hearts. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul. Your soul is how you, you know, in life you have people who process things emotionally and you have people who process things mentally. Some people say, well, I think, and other people say, well, I feel, <laughs> right? How many are thinkers? Yeah, well, let me ask again. You got to think about that. Ready? How many are thinkers? How many are feelers? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and usually it's kind of, how many are a little bit of both? Yeah, I think we should be both, right? You shouldn't only feel and you shouldn't only think, right? It's important. But he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, 
right? You have emotions, you have your will, you have the way we, the, 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 the psyche or the inside of you, all of your mind, your understanding, and all of your strength, all your body. Put your, put your all, put all parts of you, not just say, well, I love God with my mind. I love God with my, love God with all the parts of you. But I want you to notice what he also says, not only each part of you, but love him with all of each part of you. Love him with, because some people say, well, I really relate to God this way. No, love him with all of your heart. Love him with all of your soul. Love him with all of your mind. And love him with all of your strength. You hear the saying where people say, man, he puts his all into it. He gives his all. He puts his whole being into it. That's what we're supposed to do with loving God. Put our whole self into it. That's why when I worship, I like to lift my hands as high as I can. I'm not saying God needs you to do that or wants you to do that. I just like to do it. Why? It's the best way I know how to say, okay, if I'm going to lift my hands, well, I know my coat. If I wear a coat, I know it's over my butt. And I know that my, my sleeves, I know I don't always look good. I know I don't always look like a pastor when I'm doing it. But, but you know why I do it? I'm just telling you why I do it. I'm not even telling you to do it. Because if I'm going to do it, I want to do it all the way. When I sing, I sing out. Ah, Lord, build your church. I, I, I don't have the best voice. I know it. Hey, it was nice having you today, Jeremiah. Have a good day. I'm just kidding. I love you, bro. But you know what? I think God likes to hear people who sing out of tune loud. In fact, I think he likes it more. Because they're not so concerned about making it all right. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't sing with excellence. I'm not sure you shouldn't, shouldn't do everything you do with excellence. But do it with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. When you serve God, give it your all. Somebody say amen. amen. Did you know that you were born to love? You don't need to try to, I'm trying to love, I'm praying for love. You don't need to pray for love. If you're born again, you, you, you were born with the DNA of love on the inside of you. Look at 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Read this line with me. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Look at all the, I, I highlighted all those love in there. Look at beloved, let us love, for love, whoever loves, whoever doesn't love, God is love. I mean, come on, love, love somebody. But I want you to look at that one line, everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Sometimes you can look at children and you kind of look around the room and you know who their parents are. You know what I mean? You say, I oh, know that, that's your daddy, isn't it? How'd you know? <laughs> How'd I not know? Where you walk, where you talk, where you look, where you dress, where you are. But do you know when people look at us, he says, everyone who's born of God loves. If you have a hard time loving, check that you're born of God. Just make sure that you've made Jesus the Lord of your life. Why? Because being born again is being born of, if God is love, and you being born of God, you're being born out of this God of love, then you have love in your DNA, in your spiritual DNA. 
When you were born again, your spirit was born from his spirit. In fact, if we look in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, it says, but the fruit of the spirit is, what's the first fruit? Why? Well, I thought that was God. Somebody was, I thought that was God's spirit. Is that God's spirit or our spirit? Both. That's his spirit, but your spirit's been born out of his spirit. If any man's in Christ, he's a new creation, right? So the very first attribute that you have in your spirit is love. You already have love. You don't even ever, 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 ever need to pray for love again. You already have love. You just need to exercise it. It's like saying, I don't have, oh, I just don't have muscles. I need to pray for biceps. No, you just need to lift some weights. You don't need to pray for love. You just need to exercise love. Put it to use, and what will happen? It will break down and build back up. It will feel like oh, I've given all you've all I've had. That's all right. That's what happens with muscles. They break down, and what happens? They build back up bigger. And you keep doing that process, and you'll find yourself strong in love. People that are strong in love have worked the process quite a bit. When you were born again, your spirit was born again. The fruit of the spirit is love. Since God is love, everybody born of God has love on the inside of them. In fact, in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, it says that the love of God has been shed in our broad, abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. He's already put love on the inside of you. You, you were born, when you were born, you were born with love on the inside of you. Look at uh, 1 John chapter 3, verse 14. It says, we know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. How do you know that you're a believer? Because you put up with stuff somebody else wouldn't. Because you have love on the inside of you. He says, we know that we've passed from death to life because we love the brothers and the sisters. He who does not love his brother abides in death. I think it's very dangerous when we say, I just don't love them. I just don't love them. No. You do love them. You just choose not to exercise them. Because if you've been born again, you have love on the inside. If you've been born again, you can walk in love. One of the things I really enjoy uh, watching people over the years is watching them imitate someone else. You know, like impersonations. Someone can impersonate a president or impersonate a sports person or a movie star or something like that. But let me ask you, if you were going to impersonate God, how would you impersonate him? Well, I like this scripture because it says in uh, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, therefore be imitators of God. How do you imitate God? Walk in love. You want to, what would Jesus do? Love. 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 Greatest of these is love. Notice, walk in love. Notice, walk in love. You can have something and not walk in it. Look at that verse. Be imitators and walk in love. Not have love. Well, I have love on the inside. Use love. Walk in love. Make a decision to love. 1 Corinthians 13 tells you what love is. Love suffers long and is kind and gentle and patient, right? It goes on. Yeah, that's what love is. Walk in love. You have love on the inside of you. Use it. Sometimes people will come in to me, you know, a lot of times it's with a family member or it's with a spouse. And they'll sit down in my office or we'll sit down in a coffee shop and they say something like this. I just don't love them anymore. So what do I do? And I say, love them. But I don't. And they say, what do I do? I say, do. 
Well, I don't have love in my heart for them. And then I'll stop and say, are you born again? I am. Okay, then the love of God is inside of your heart. You, you have love on the inside of your heart. If you're born again, the fruit of the Spirit's love. You have love. The love of God is inside of your heart. Love shows that you pass from death to life. You have love. So now what do you need to do? And then they go, love them. Yeah, you just need to exercise it. You need to walk in love. But I don't. That's the problem. Boy, and that only took about three minutes, didn't it? Have a good day. We can sit and talk about your mess all day. But sometimes it's just exercising what the word says. Walk in love. Walk in love. Family members, sometimes people will say, you know, they, my brother did something wrong in some business deal. He did something wrong, and I don't know. I just held it, hold it against him, and they talk about it, and they say, when was that? And you're thinking it's, it's a couple of days ago, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, and you didn't, for, I can't forgive them. Oh, you can't? Are you born again? Because Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. In other words, he, Jesus thought you could do it like now. Poor Jesus, he didn't really know you could, you could, he didn't know you could do it. He didn't know it took a long time. Sorry, Jesus. No, Jesus said, when you stand praying, forgive. What is he saying? Act, exercise love, walk in it, walk in. Do you know right now you could have something against somebody 20 years and right now in this service, you could just stop and say, I forgive them in the name of Jesus. And you just exercise love. Love, love. Number two is love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. The scribe the, uh, in Mark chapter 12 first came up and said, what's the first commandment? And Jesus said, love, your first commandment is, he, well, the, the scribe came up and he said, what is the first commandment? What is the one commandment? What is the primary commandment? He asked for one, Jesus gave him two. Kind of interesting. He said, what's the commandment? And he goes, Love God. And the second, Jesus, like, I'll just throw it in because they go together. It's like having a coin, but you have two sides of the coin. You can't take the coin and just take one side. They both go together. Loving God and loving people go together. You can't say, I love God, but don't love his body. I love your head, but I don't love your body. Right? You can't. I love you, God, but I don't love the church. I don't love your people. No, I can tell. Do you know people who really fall in love with the Lord really have a love for the Lord, they have a love for the church. Amen. I'm not talking about all the mess and all the, the stuff. You gotta, you gotta overlook that. Why? Because they're people. They're not God. Yeah. People make mistakes. But you have to love the, the, the church. You have to love your neighbor. You have to love people. He said, love, the second is like it. Notice, you shall love your neighbor. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandment greater than these. It's neat. There's no other commandment greater than these. The one commandment contains two. Love God, love people. Love your neighbor. Well, in Luke chapter 10, you know, who is my neighbor? That's what the, the lawyer came up to Jesus and he said, who is my neighbor? And Jesus told him the story of the Good Samaritan. Remember the Good Samaritan was about a guy, presumably Jewish, who left Jerusalem, who was on his way out of the city, Jericho. He got taken over by thieves. Uh, he got stripped of his clothes. He got beat up, right? He was left naked. Texas colloquialism, my mom used to say it all my life. Get, put 
put your clothes on, boy, you nigga. <laughs> he, this guy was left naked, and he was on the road. And what happened? Three people passed by. There was, uh, there was the priest, there was the Levite, there was the Samaritan. Remember the priest and the Levite who, you knew they knew the law. You knew they knew what to do. But what did they do? They walked by, they knew what to do. They did nothing. They walked by him. Then the Samaritan comes up. Samaritans and Jews didn't really mix. Sometimes there was some division there, racial division or whatever it was. But what did he do? In this story, the Samaritan came by. He picked the guy up, put him on his donkey, took him in, took care of him, and loved him. Then Jesus asked this question back to this lawyer in Luke chapter 10, verse 36. He says, so which of these three do you think was the neighbor? This is answering the question, who's my neighbor? Look at what he said. He said, he who showed mercy. See, it's easy to love people who are lovely. It's easy to love people who are like you. But when we don't know how they're going to respond, I, I didn't do anything because I didn't know how they were going to react. I didn't know if they'd receive. I didn't know how I was going to. I wasn't used to it. Now, listen, he said she, she showed mercy. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Loving your neighbor is showing love and mercy in spite of your own comfortability. Galatians 6, 2 says, bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. What did he say? Don't just pray for your brother. Get your shoulder under his burden. If their car breaks down, don't just go, well, I'm glad mine works. You figure out, even if you don't have the money to do it, bear, figure out how to get it working. Bear their burdens. And what did he say? And so fulfill the law of Christ. It's the greatest commandment. It's the primary. You don't get past, you don't get to three and four and five, and so you don't get beyond that. In fact, well, really, it contains all the rest. Loving God and loving people. Bear one another's burdens. Our love for one another is a witness to the lost. Remember Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 34, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Look at, by this, all will know. Read that with me in yellow. By this, all will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. By this, if you have love for one another. By this, if you have love for one another. I have a pastor friend in Arizona, and he was telling me, I was sitting down to lunch with him, and he said that he and his leadership were praying about outreach because they weren't doing a real good job with outreach. Uh, and so they were praying about, Lord, how do we outreach in our community? What do we do? And as they prayed for a while, two or three, three or four of his leadership team came back and said, Pastor, I just want to, this is what I'm, this is what I'm catching. And this is what it is. Start with your own church. You're trying to reach outside. Why don't you reach inside? You know, the Bible says, let us do good to all in Galatians 6.10, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Right? Love your own family. You want to be a good minister? Can I tell you? My, can I tell you where my first ministry is? It's in my home. If my kids go to hell, but I reach other people, I feel like I've missed it. Those that are closest to you are your first ministry. Jesus did send people into the all of the world, but he said, "I came for the lost sheep of Israel." He sent them to a specific people. Start with your circle. 
Start with where he's called you. Love your neighbor. By this all will know that you're my disciples. Uh, I remember this, the parking team one time. Uh, they were outside. You know, by the way, a church run, we have parking, we have greeters, we have kids, we have people. There's a lot. Uh, we believe in doing church as a team. All of us are ministers. Every person, ministers not just up here. That I'm, the equi- I'm one of the equippers to equip people for ministry. All of y'all are ministers. By the way, I learned to say that really good. All y'all are ministers, yeah. But I remember a parking team member was out there in the parking lot and saw a little old lady come in, and she parks her car and makes her way into church. And, and about 10 minutes, 15 minutes into it, they look down and they see that her tire deflated. Didn't know if she ran over a nail, checked it, looked at it, didn't know what to do, and uh, thought, oh, man, well, this lady needs help. She obviously isn't going to come out and change her own tire. So he uh, figured out what to do. You know, you know what he ended up doing? Ended up jacking up her car, pulling off the tire, taking it down to the tire shop during service, getting her a new tire out of his own pocket, putting the tire back on. And when the lady came out, he met her and said, hey, by the way, I just wanted to let you know your tire was flat, and I went ahead and replaced it and got a new tire. Oh, what happened? Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I know some of you say, if I got a flat tire, leave my car alone. I don't want you to touch my car. I'm not saying we do that to everybody out there. But I'll tell you what I am saying. Have the heart to take it on yourself. You don't need permission. That wasn't in the standards for the team members. It was in the standards of Jesus' law of love. Number three is love yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do you know that you shouldn't treat any child of God badly with disrespect or abuse any child of God? But do you know that you're a child of God? You're sons and daughters of God. And it's important that we love our neighbor, but we love ourselves as ourselves. There's no other greater, greater commandment. You're a son and a daughter of God. If you mistreat and abuse yourself, it's like mistreating and it is mistreating and abusing one of God's sons and one of God's daughters. Treat yourself as a child of God. We are born, we're born selfish. <laughs> you don't have to teach kids selfishness, right? They take that cookie and they say, where's the cookie? And they go, I don't know. Where's the cookie? And you see it in their hand. And they say, whose cookie is that? Mine. Who taught them that? <laughs> they were born that way. But when you're born again, you have love on the inside of you. It's, it's not saying don't take care of yourself. It, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Like the scripture we read last week, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought. He didn't say don't think highly of yourself. In fact, he did say walk worthy of your calling in Ephesians. But he said don't think more highly of yourself. Don't put yourself up higher than other people. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. As you mature, you don't only think about yourself, though. You think about others. When you have love and balance in your life, it opens up love for others. Do you know that one of the things that happens in your life when you have love working in your life, it gives boldness to you and it casts out fear and insecurity? When people grow in love, I'm telling you, if there's no other message to listen to, listen to this one over and over again until you got it. Let me tell you why. Love will remove insecurity and fear out of your life. Because the only reason why you're afraid most time, all these phobias and fear and insecurity is because you're trying to protect self. 
But look at this, 1 John 4.18. It says, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love removes fear. What would you be like if you had no fear? There is no fear in love. He says, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Would you say that with me, that last line? He who fears has not been made perfect in love. Say it with me again. He who fears has not been made perfect in love. How do you get fear out? Get love in. Get love in. I want you to notice that faith is not the opposite of fear. Love is. Faith is not the opposite of fear. Love is. Because listen, faith works by love. In other words, if this were faith, faith sits on love. Remember Jesus was moved with compassion and used his faith to heal people and deliver people. And See, faith works by love. But you know what fear works by? A removal of love. When you remove love, you can't have faith. You, have, you remove love, you have fear. So fear is really the opposite of love. You want to get fear out of your life? I'm just afraid of everything. Get love in. Get light in the room, darkness will leave. You don't have to, I pray that the darkness will leave today. No, just turn the lights on. The darkness will leave. I pray that I get fear out. No, just get love in. You get the love of God inside of your heart and start operating in love, fear will leave. Anxiety will leave. Stress will leave. Insecurities will leave. Phobias will leave. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over and over again. Love protects you from the wicked one. Love protects you from the wicked one. 1 John 5.18 says this, but he who has been born of God keeps himself. Can you say keeps himself? And the wicked one does not touch him. Those word keeps himself, I'm not any Greek scholar or anything, but it's these two words, terio, which means guarded from loss, and himself is just hoto, hoto, probably not saying it right, right? He's just saying he guards himself. And when he guards himself, the wicked one doesn't touch him. And I love over in June 1, 20, it says, keep yourselves, same, same two Greek words, keep yourself, guard yourself in the love of God. You know when you can keep your heart in love to where you're not offended all the time, where you don't have a chip on your shoulder all the time, to where you're not like constantly comparing yourself to one another and trying to get the upper hand. When you can keep yourself, the wicked one cannot touch you. Like Jesus, what did Jesus say? He has nothing in me. Right? Velcro needs two sides, a sticky side and a fuzzy side, right? If you remove one side, they won't stick. If you remove all this mess, selfishness and stuff, and you have the love of God, Satan has nothing to stick to. Jesus said he has nothing in me. Love protects you from the wicked one. And then I'm going to tell you one more, and this is probably one of my favorite, if not my favorite of this. Love opens the door to the fullness of God in your life. To understand God. See, if God is love, and we're trying to process things through selfishness and not through love, then how can we fully understand a God? How can we understand the love of God if we don't understand the God of love? If we don't understand God's love, how can we understand God? Ephesians 3.17 says that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and the height... Notice, being rooted and grounded in love, you'll be able to comprehend the width, the length, the depth, and the height. Being rooted and grounded in love gives you access. 
It expands your capability to be able to comprehend more of the vastness of God. But what do you have to do? It's not just head knowledge. Because he said, to know the love of Christ which passes all that smart intellect that you have. Notice it passes knowledge. In fact, I think that's interesting. Look at that. To know something that passes no. Gnosis. That passes knowing. How do you know something that passes knowing? Well, God is spirit. Those who worship must worship in spirit. It also says in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, remember that our spirit picks up on things, sees into things that, are, that the, the natural man cannot. So what happens? The only way to really know God is spiritually. How do you know God? You have to open yourself. The gateway is, is the gateway of love. You have to have love. You can, sometimes we're limited in the things of the, uh, of the Lord because we're limited in the things of love in our lives. Look at it again. You being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. Being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend. May be able. Makes, it, it makes you able to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Can you be filled with the fullness of God? Well, according to this scripture, that's the, that's the plan. But how do you need to do it? You need to do it by being open to the love of God. You grow in love, you grow in your capacity to understand God. Because he's a, he's a love God. You don't have the capacity to be filled with the fullness of God until you, you're open to receive the love of Christ. Why does this mean so much to me? When I was 15 years old, I'm going to close with this. When I was 15 years old, I went through my rebellious stage. <laughs> Anybody ever had a kid go through that at around 15? Yeah. Anybody there right now? I'm just kidding. Okay. You don't have to raise your hand. <laughs> but I went through this rebellion stage. My, I'm one of three brothers, and my, my mom said that all three of brothers, 15, she's like, something about the devil in 15 years old. I mean, it just happened. Listen, at 15 years old, I went through this rebellious stage, and I was closed up on the inside. I was cynical. I was disrespectful. I was rude. My parents would lay down the law, and it didn't work. By the way, everyone, all those people that are walking out right now, they're very convicted. That's why they're walking out. They're convicted. I pray, Lord, get them on the way out, I pray in Jesus. I'm just kidding. They're going to barbecue your burgers, okay? They're going to barbecue your burgers. Thank you, guys. Love you. Love you. <laughs> um, but I was going through all this mess at 15 years old, and my mom couldn't get a hold of me, and, and she, I was too big and too old to, to beat anymore, okay? <laughs> but I'll tell you what she did was she said, okay, I'm going to bribe you. I'm going to give you $50 if you'll memorize 1 Corinthians chapter 13. See, my mom knew that the anointed word of God will jack you up. She gave me 50 bucks. She said, I'll give you $50 cash, cold cash, if you'll memorize 1 Corinthians 13. I said, Ser seriously? I could do that today. It took me a couple of days. But I memorized it all. She gave me the 50 bucks. But something inside of me softened. I don't know what it was. Something inside of me changed for the Lord from that day forward. I look back and I laugh at it now. 
but I bribe my kids with the same thing. <laughs> Something changed inside of me when I got the love of God inside of me. Why? Because his love truly does chase us down. Surely goodness and mercy follows me. Sometimes I've looked when the Lord called me into ministry and sometimes I'd go, God, I'm not good enough. And I'm not just, this isn't false humility. I just said, God, I don't have the goods. I wasn't born into it. My parents weren't pastors. I don't have the speaking capability. I don't have the, 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 the stuff, the goods. I'm just me, and I just love you. And I truly poured that out to the Lord. And then I said, and Lord, I'm just a jacked up teenager. I'm just, a, you know, I have my issues and my stuff years ago. And the Lord reminded me of this scripture. Surely, surely, goodness and mercy follows me. In other words, you look over your shoulder and you don't see your past. You look over your shoulder and you see goodness and mercy. Saying, hey, I'm right here. Follows me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord. Forever. I know that different people have different capacities to receive. Some people do really well at, 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 at loving. They're just good lovers. They're good at loving other people. And other people are just, I don't know what it is. It's just, it's so hard for them. They're closed up. And I, I want to tell you these two scriptures that I think it really, uh, it helped me. And that's this. The Bible says in 1 John 5, we love him because he first loved us. We don't initiate love. We carry it. We respond to it. He initiated love. And then also, you can only love to the degree that you're, you receive love. You can only give love to the, receive, the degree that you receive love. If you have a difficult time receiving love, Remember in um, Luke chapter 7, verse 47, Jesus said with that woman who came and wiped the feet, his feet with her hair and the oil, he said, I say to you, her sins, which are many, look at that, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. She had much forgiven, so she loved much. But the little forgiven loves little. If you have a hard time receiving God's love, you'll have a hard time returning God's love. We just finished a series about spiritual gifts. <laughs> and this love chapter is right in between the two chapters we talked about. Let me just read to you just a couple of the verses here. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love. I become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, interpret dreams, whatever it is. And though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am goes on and he says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, but have not love it, profits me nothing. The very last verse of that chapter says, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, 
but the greatest of these. <laughs> I want you to notice every time love comes up, it's the greatest. The greatest of these things is love. The greatest of these commandments is love. The greatest of these fruits, first one I'm going to mention is love. There's something about love that always comes to the surface. I imagine when we stand before Jesus one day, <laughs> that that word love's going to come up. How'd you do it loving people, David? I don't know, but look at my goals. doing loving people, David? <laughs> Not as good as I wanted to. Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Goes into this next chapter and he just says, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Have a heart's desire to be used in the gifts of the Spirit, but go after, pursue. Make, it, make love your hot pursuit. Pursue love. Would you give your heart to the Lord? I I just know this is the DNA of our church. And if it's not, I want it to be. That we're a church that when people walk in, we don't have the programs together. We don't have everything perfect. But we will love you and God will love you. Come on, open your hearts, open your hands and say, God, make me a lover. God, I receive your love today. God, I want to be filled with the fullness of God. I want to be filled with the nature of God. I want to be filled with the, the thoughts both the mind and the heart of the Lord. And God, fill me with love. Lord, I, I could do so much better. I, I try, but it's not about that. I want you to fill me, use me, direct me. Pray that to the Lord. Lord, maybe some of you need to repent of something right now and say, God, I repent of my own way, my own righteousness, my own effort. And I just receive, I receive the love of the Lord. And I say over every person in this room, Love of God be poured out in this room today. Love of Jesus be poured out in this place today. May every person love God in a deeper way and receive the love of God and be a flow through of the love of God to our world. God, I pray that our church would be lovers of one another, that we'd bear one another's burdens, that we'd care about one another, that there would be no one who's in loss, no one who's hungry, no one who's hurting, no one who's desperate, no one who's fighting alone but that every person, Lord, would have a brother and a sister and a God who's right there to love them, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.